0: Welcome to our podcast mini-series, where we'll be introducing you to Project Empower, talking a little about our role as a nutritional partner, and then introducing Personalised Nutrition at Radix with my colleague, Luke, who heads Radix Applied Nutrition Department. Good to have you here, Luke. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you, Mark. So Project Empower is a really exciting project that we've been working on for a couple of months. It is a two-man team Attempting to break a 125-year-old world record, rowing 3,000 miles from New York to Ireland, we've um, we've been involved from the outset, going through uh, the physiological and nutrition needs um, behind such an incredible event, and it's been a real honour and a privilege to work with such an experienced team. And we can just quickly run through just the calibre of the team behind this incredible challenge. So uh, it is a 3000 mile row across the Atlantic. The 125 year old world record currently stands at 55 days and 13 hours Mm -hmm. in a small rowing boat, 6.2 meters long. It's been custom built and it goes across what they expect to be one of the most challenging routes across the Atlantic it has been just a uh or it will be an incredible feat um of of human endurance i think
1: well it's, it's crazy right like it's it's something that you've got athletes and they they do these events um whether it's you know a, a short event or or multi-day um you know you think of a marathon as, as being long and then you've got these guys and and they're rowing i mean they do two hours on one hours off and they. They do that six times a day, and then they to give each other a break. They have a longer shift of, of three hours on top of that. So you're looking at 15 hours each every day for upwards of of two months. I mean, Uns- case, unsupported, unsupported. So no no support boat. They do everything on this boat. They they eat, they sleep, and everything's taken with them. So um, I mean, just just in, in our protein and our recovery smoothies alone, they've got 54 kilograms of of recovery smoothies and 18 kilograms of, um, of whey protein and that's you know just a supplement so you look at the amount that um, they've taken on the boat it's just it's just crazy when when you look at what they're doing and um, yeah I mean best case scenario they're, they're looking at 55 days that would that would break the record so it's sort of that's the the minimum is, is going to be around 50 days and, and they don't stop they don't have a day off
0: so I think this is not our first time working um, with the ocean rowing community. They are pretty extreme. Um, it's definitely an area where we, have, uh, we believe we have a, a world leading capability. Um, but perhaps if we just start um, an intro to, to Damien and Fergus um, behind the team. So Damien is a um, very accomplished athlete, uh, very modest. I think it'd be very uh, easy to underappreciate quite what he's done. So he's a former professional rugby player um, from Ireland. He's won the Heineken cup. He's a rugby player. His career was 16 years. Um, After rugby, he's gone on to uh, become an extremely accomplished ultra endurance athlete. So marathon de subs, Um, he's rode the Atlantic uh, solo, which is incredibly hard. Um, I think more people have been on the International Space Station, he said, than have rode the Atlantic. And he's solo. come back to do it again. <laughs> and he's come back to do it again. So he must have enjoyed it. He's um, he's climbed five of the seven uh, summits. Um, I believe Everest and a couple of the others are currently on hold with some delays from COVID. Um, he is... Uh, the interesting thing about Damien is he is incredibly tough and the challenges that he's done come from his desire to uh, basically test himself and to see how much he can push, how much he can learn about himself and whether it be rowing the Atlantic, uh, mountaineering, um, coaching clients, speaking engagements, um, he is just just a very softly spoken incredibly capable endurance athlete who loves sharing his experiences on how to get the best out of his own um, human capabilities. Uh, and,
1: I, and by any means, he's not your your typical endurance athlete either. I mean, the guy's pushing seven foot. He's about 120, 130 kgs. So when you think endurance athlete, you often often think of a, a smaller guy. Um, Damien's he's a big dude. So when you look at him doing some of the stuff he's done i mean it's just carrying that much weight um and having that much mass in general means you're you're using a lot more energy and so when it comes to fueling an event like this it actually gets um a bit more demanding a bit harder so that just means he he needs to take more more food on the boat which means there's more weight which means he's burning more energy which again it compounds and he's got to take more food so it's it's a big challenge for a dude like him
0: yeah and one thing i didn't didn't realize so after his rugby or or during the latter stage of stages of his rugby career he was saying that he gravitated towards rowing um, on an erg indoors as one of his main training methods and he went on to compete in the Irish Nationals he was fifth overall I believe he was just behind the international team um, of professional rowers in Ireland over 2k in an erg and he broke the Irish record over 500 meters. So he is a, he is a, he's a powerful athlete. Yeah. Um, and post rugby just really got into trying to explore his limits and, um, listening to his experiences over his first Atlantic row, he had some incredibly trying, trying experiences. So he's a tough guy. And, um, that's only part of the team, half of our two man team here. So the next, the next, uh, chap is fergus farrell been a lifelong friend of damien mm. a former rugby player and recovering from a traumatic spinal injury which left him with a diagnosis where he was told he would be unlikely to walk again yeah. paralyzed from the waist down so um fergus is a very impressive chap and uh, a big part of this row as a fundraise towards that goal so um fergus similar build to to damien he's a big guy um very strong a rugby rugby frame which is we know um potentially not best suited to such a long endurance event that's a lot of muscle to uh metabolism to feed Mm. um but is determined to do this row and together um, you have just an incredible team and um they're very aware of how hard this challenge is um one of the things that they have to face and they're currently facing right now is trying to get off the shore uh, shoreline of uh, the states so from new york so they battle wind and tide in the first couple of hundred miles of their row but anyway possibly getting ahead so that is damien and fergus um hick of a team amazing team so the background was that they approached when they were building their project in the uk Damien and his previous experience rowing the Atlantic, he knew that the equipment was a very big part of their success, so this is a custom designed boat, he's worked with a a boat builder in the UK, Um, he's dialed in the equipment, he's been training for a long time, but the former athlete side of him and and the ultra endurance side of him, he really appreciates nutrition, so... um, He knows of us, knows of our reputation, and he approached us to work to put together a nutritional strategy, um, which we were too happy to do. And we have used it as a pilot project to test out uh, something that we've been developing for a little while, which we'll be touching on today, which hasn't been done before, Mm. which is personalized nutrition. And so what we'll do, we'll just step through Introducing the project, talking through a little bit of the detail behind it, and then framing that up as a nutritional challenge and the physiological challenge that that is. And then stepping through into the service and the capability that we're launching um, of personalized nutrition and uh, live biometric feedback and monitoring for some of our athletic partners. So I think perhaps next, Luke, we could talk through the physiological challenge of rowing three thousand miles unsupported continuously as fast as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you when you approach
1: something like this, I mean, a lot of physical activity. Um, you look at performance. Usually, it's broken down into into nutrition, into recovery, which is sleep and. Um, into into your training and your your actual physical activity. So we've we've talked a bit about what that will physically demand of them. I mean, fifteen hours total per day, of rowing, um, for fifty-five days straight. Um, we'll talk a bit about the the nutrition. Um, I think. Do you in wanna, a bit,
0: w- but One thing to just touch on. I found it fascinating the daily calorie burn.
1: Yeah, yeah. So just by by pure volume of activity, I mean they don't go super hard out um because you you can't not for that that amount of time i mean um but just by rowing for that long they'll we we think they're probably burning ten thousand calories a day yeah um upwards of of thirteen, and so that i mean that will vary depend on on their conditions um so that
0: was just to just to go into the detail a little bit there so in an event like this. Nothing goes to plan. And listening to Damien on his previous experiences, they are by themselves um, in an ocean where help is, is, is many hours or days away and it will come in the form of a, just a distress call. Yeah. So they're completely unsupported and they have good days and bad days. And a good day could be a lot of rowing, which could be 15 hours, mm. and it could be 13,000 13, calories. Yeah. Um, which to put it into context would be uh, a couple of Tour de France stages um, of very low intensity but continuous activity with very short broken sleep. And that's plan A. Plan B uh, often looks like trying to perform in a storm, in high winds, in high seas. Uh, Damien was keen to, to stress a lot of people think of uh, rowing the Atlantic as rowing across some nice glass, calm, calm sea state. Mm. Um, and he told me the story, when he did his first Atlantic row, he was, uh, he said he bought a couple of hundred pounds worth of audio books. And they had speaker system built into the boat that they thought that, or he thought he's by himself, he would be able to listen to. And he got a couple of days in and figured out uh, those speakers on full volume he still couldn't hear it over Mm. the wind noise i mean
1: you get you get 10 meter waves it's not by any means a forgiving ocean and i know the last time he did it he had a a steering failure and so again that's just one of these things that can happen and and it's not a a small deal i mean once your steering fails you've got to work so much harder and so we think um last time he was he was probably burning through even more energy than he needed to be yep. and that's something we've taken into consideration when we talk about 10,000 calories per day last time I think he was eating around 6 to 7,000 calories a day yep. um, took him around 60 something days and he, he lost 28 kilograms so yep. so based on that we can sort of do a bit of energy balance um, calculations and, and you're looking at 10 to 13 thousand yeah. calories and the thing day. I
0: really liked about working with Damien was that He appreciates that when when you're um, in a negative energy balance and you're stressed, you're losing your metabolic headroom, your safety margin to operate at your best, if and when it's required. So he he told a story of going into a storm where he faced um, sort of six to ten hours of uh, really high sea states, broken equipment, and a forecast that said the next five days could be like that. And at that point, um, he knew he was on his own um, and he just had to gut his way out through that. And it's so much of what, in, in my experience, talking to these, um, whether they be transatlantic rowing or ocean rowing, we've obviously worked with Fedor in the past who who rowed 160 days uh, from from New Zealand to South America or Vendée Globe or Sailing is that you are in a potential survival situation, so it's the ability to perform. Um, you can be seconds away from having to go into a survival situation, so you just can't afford to burn yourself out or run yourself down. And that was indeed Damien's experience first time around.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's as much of a, a mental challenge as it is a physical one, right? Um, and and coming back to to the demands of this event, when you're rowing 15 hours per day, um, and the structure that they do it that two hours on one hour off that one hour off that they're, they're probably not sleeping um, that's you know they might have 20 minutes to to eat and then if they did try get some sleep take 20 minutes to fall asleep and then you've only got 20 minutes left so so really they're probably only looking at sleeping in that longer three hour break so I mean the the demands on the body and and the, how much you can recover just um, it, it's crazy because you're Doing a pure volume of physical activity and that brings down all your all your time for recovery and and everything else.
0: So, and so that was a big part of working, or that was a big part of why Project Empower came to us. So, I think um, just a real, real pleasure to be working with someone of of with Damien's experience to to really have that appreciated. Mm. So yeah, just a, a recap then. So. Um, we We went through key physiological stats, right, so ten to thirteen thousand calories a day, 15 hours a day, likely to continue continuously for fifty five days, although obviously the world record um, is there to be broken at fifty five days, so uh if the weather plays ball and other things, they could be sometime sometime less than that, but it's an incredibly hard row, yeah um. What should we go into next, Luke? Is there anything else on the briefing side that we learned from Damien that we thought really stood out on this?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it's, it's an interesting approach, um, obviously him coming and, and having a relationship with us. I mean, a, a lot of these people, the, the Atlantic row, it's um, something that a few a few people do um, a year, and there's the Talisker Whiskey Challenge, which I think they're about to have something like... Um, I mean, it's below 100, but it's around 50 entries, something like that. So it's it's becoming more and more popular. I, I think,
0: yeah, I I think it's typically misframed as one of an event that's obviously extreme and challenging and fun to take care of uh, or, or take part in. But reframing that as the physiological challenge and the nutritional um, challenge that it is, um, and then obviously with our experience in world class sport, um, there's a lot of there's a There's a lot of gains to be made if people approach that from from a physiological performance perspective first, and it's obviously where we where we come in so um and people
1: do get caught out i mean it's it's notorious for people having to be rescued and and stop halfway because they've run out of food or uh, i mean we've talked to people they they start hallucinating it's I, um, I
0: think that's worth noting that a lot of people come to us. When they repeat it and they've had a first bad experience, yeah. and they're keen to understand how to avoid it the second time um and to be clear, it's never an easy thing um that is an incredibly high challenge again, we're looking at calorie expenditures upwards of a Tour de france athlete um for a time frame that's that's double on a tour de France mm. and you have people that go into it with um a fairly low level of uh career athletic training yeah um and and quite often uh, underprepared on the nutrition side. Um, And there's a lot in that. So I think, you know, obviously over the next 50 days or so, um, we'll have this mini series where we get to unpack this and we can go through it uh, in more detail. And then I think the opportunity obviously is there for anyone that goes through an event like this, whether it be in, in rowing, or any of the ultra endurance spaces, particularly in the multi-day part, um, that we can work with you on an event, we can go through uh, building a strategy. And then there's actually some pretty interesting um, biometric feedback that we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, which I think is some um, pretty pretty groundbreaking stuff. So Luke, what I reckon, if we go into a little bit more of the detail, um, just specifically how we're different and and what our products were able to do. And I thought if you could just touch on RNA. Um, RNA is a technology that we've been working on for a number of years. It sits at the core of our company um, and what Radix is able to do nutritionally. And it sets us apart from anyone else. Um, And it's never been done before to the level that we're doing it, which is pretty exciting. and before Radix, it wasn't technologically possible. So why don't you just talk us through RNA? Yeah, sure.
1: So, I mean, the way we look at nutrition is that no matter what you're doing, whether, whether you want to be um, a bit more healthy, a bit more health conscious, or whether you're at this extreme example of, of performance, right? Everything comes back to metabolism. And this is the whole process of whatever you put into your body gets converted into energy and that results in every single output. So from um, anything you do, whether, whether you're working an office job, whether you're going on an Atlantic Row, every activity you do depends on what you're putting into your body because otherwise it, it won't function at all. So metabolism we see is, is the core driver of, of absolutely everything
0: so that is what we're focused on as a company so nutrition for um, enhancing human metabolism yeah and and so the the problem with
1: a lot of nutrition at the moment is it's it's very simplified so we we can look at macronutrients for example and and there's there's three of them or we can look at calories right and that's that's four aspects the metabolism is it's just a ridiculously complex environment of, of enzymes and, and cofactors and and substrates and I mean there's thousands and thousands of, of different things that go into it. And so simplifying it down into calories and, and macronutrients, we don't think really cuts it, right? Because you can you can have deficiencies that you may not be aware of that, that's really hindering a lot of processes that are that are going on. So with that in mind, we've, we've developed RNA, and RNA um, basically is our, is our approach to optimising metabolism, essentially. And so how we sort of look at doing that and, and when we make our products, what we do, is we look at these processes that, that happen in metabolism and we look at what the metabolism requires to function at its best. So we're constantly looking into nutrients um, we're all familiar with vitamins and minerals, but we'll we'll even go further than that. Um, and, and we'll look at anything we find that we think has a beneficial effect on metabolism, leading to, to energy, recovery,
0: performance, so mentally, physically. Just to expand on that a little bit, nutrition is typically looked at in a highly simplified state. Just to recap, people worry about energy balance. Are they eating enough? One of the symptoms of that can be weight gain, weight loss um then you can look at substrates whether or not the body has uh, the the fuel it needs to perform in the way that it may be used to which may or may not be optimal and then we start getting into the typical basic set of uh, vitamins and minerals which is a highly simplified look at uh what the body needs um really i think what people don't understand is the 26 or 27 vitamins and minerals that we're we're taught to look at it based on research on the minimum that people need to achieve to not, not die mm. uh, or, or have some um, progressive health issue. So it's not built for performance. Yeah. And so what RNA does, it gives us the ability to look over 130 different nutrients and ingredients, take a really, really broad view on nutrition, working to support met- metabolic health and performance. And it's pretty groundbreaking and it's, it's pretty geeky um we like it but it goes across macronutrients micronutrients full amino acid profile uh pre and postbiotics, and a very very wide range of phytonutrients and we're expanding it continuously so recently we launched our virgin 8 meal range which is the first range uh, that is built on top of our rna technology so basically any product that we've launched from march 2022 is unlike anything that we've ever uh, manufactured or designed before and it's really been a step change and the thing for us is this has been extremely complicated to pull together It has meant that we've rebuilt supply chains factory manufacturing technology tolerances complete clean sheet design um, and then a complete uh, redesign of all of our products so while we've been doing this we've we've wanted to keep it secret basically um but now it's starting to be told and it's out there and you can learn more about it online um the way fundamentally it's designed uh, to perform is that we provide hundred uh, percent of the nutrients hundred percent of the rdi across an expanding list of nutrients so we're currently um and that's standardized for a 2000 calorie Um, nutritional intake Uh, and it's the other thing um, to take note one thing in its design that was quite difficult was uh, it is designed to as a person's energy expenditure increases all of our design points are designed to scale pretty well so the micronutrient and macronutrient requirements uh, are considered or designed to scale in proportion to the body's needs as you go up through increased metabolic workload.
1: So I, th- I think that's worth worth touching on is when people hear 2,000 calories, they think, well, that's, that's not much, right? And that's probably at the lower end of, of what a lot of people eat. But all that means is if we can fulfil 100% in 2,000 calories, then you know, we're exceeding that in, in 3,000 calories, right? Yeah. So it's, um, it's actually, it's a harder target for us to hit if we're only doing it within 2000 calories than say if we set that at, at three and a half um, just by volume of, of food.
0: And the research that we look at to set that 2000 calorie limit is research around what the body needs for most people to thrive and begin performing at its best. So we, we exceed the minimum daily requirements because again, they're set uh, to make sure that the body is at least meeting a minimum level. We go a long way past that to try and meet the levels best associated with health and and performance. But the big one is, again, as someone's energy requirements increase, that we have uh, a design uh, where all of the micronutrients required to support metabolic health will scale in relation to that. And I think it's a a pretty big thing for a lot of people to wrap their head around. Um, But it's significantly different different than anything else on the market and it's been a key part of us being able to provide assurances to someone like damien that as long as he can make the row uh, we can look after his needs to make sure that he's able to perform at his best yeah
1: yeah i mean I, one thing i really um think is is worth mentioning as well when we talk about these nutrients and and we have these targets that, that we try to hit um, a lot of companies they'll they'll fortify right, so they'll they'll have a vitamin and mineral um, profile that they they want to bring up, and so they'll get chemically synthesized vitamins um, and minerals, which, which
0: to be clear we hate. Yeah, and
1: <laughs> and they'll boost it um, by putting those chemically synthesized um, yeah. chemicals in in their products, and and there's there's a lot of research um, around that basically not being the the best way for your body to. Well, to get those it's nutrients it's fake, fake. it's yeah. fake so so when you get that in it's in its natural form so that's what we do we we hit all these nutrient targets completely naturally with with real ingredients so you can you can turn around a product you could read every ingredient and you'll you'll recognize every single one as a as a vegetable or a grain or or something like that and when your body gets nutrients in that way it can recognise them and it can digest them and, and there's a lot of complex interactions that that go on inside of food. Um, certain nutrients help each other absorb yeah. into the body basically. so so by doing that we have
0: um, the most bioavailable form of, of nutrients that we can possibly get. And I, I think that's the thing that we've really focused on and it sets us apart. when you When you approach nutrition from a fundamental level, and for us that begins with metabolism, and making sure the body has what it needs to really perform at its best across all of its functions um, and, and and for performance uh, and well-being and longevity because they're all the same thing fundamentally or come from the same place you have to focus on a natural source you have to focus on finding a form where you, you achieve the highest natural bioavailability giving the body the ability to self-regulate across its me- um, metabolic processes in the way that it's best able to do And it really sets us apart from other products in the market where they would take uh, the lowest cost, simplest way towards uh, fortifying a product with something synthetic that may or may not um, perform in the way that it's intended to. And it really represents an old way and a simple way uh, of the nutritional industry operating. And we've always been different from day one. And to be clear, it's a lot harder to achieve it with natural ingredients in a way that you can you can get that best bioavailability and a lot of people will recognize that on the quality or the the, rec- uh, the ability to recognize ingredients on the back but it goes much deeper than that
1: yeah i mean it, it doesn't make it easy for us right so we'll we'll have a nutrient that we're we're trying to bring up in our product and, and we could easily buy that specific nutrient put it in a powdered form and, and we're done but we will sit down for hours and and research um, real ingredients superfoods and just find the best possible source we can that we can actually integrate into the product so it's a huge huge um, design process i mean we see it as a really a science and engineering project don't we
0: yeah i think one thing so if we look across rna briefly just to expand on that we go through vitamins and minerals then um, or perhaps to back up a little bit more and say at the core of what we're doing there we have rna which is a technology that empowers our nutritional design. And you can see that in our product now uh, in the nutritional index, which is displayed on the front of our product. So yeah. that is a a simple metric that demonstrates how nutrient dense 2000 calories of that product would be.
1: Yeah, and that's across our 130 plus nutrients and ingredients, right? So it's, yeah. a, it's a score that we take from that. Yeah,
0: and it's a first version and we've significantly uh, built on that in the past couple of months alone. So. That's something that you're going to see really change in our products over the coming years. So um, there are a few things that we had to do for that, um, which uh, have really benefited Damien, but perhaps we can quickly touch on here, which would be um, when you really focus on driving nutrient density up across a very, very broad set of nutrients, they typically need to come from plant sources. And so this has seen a transition away from using meat to plant-based products that I think has been controversial, mm. um, but it's not how we're approaching it. So um, we found with our version 8 range when we were testing out our, our designs, um, we could not get anywhere near the nutrient index value on a product containing meat as we could with um, a plant-based product because of all those all of those secondary phytonutrients that can come through taking a very very broad and considered look at the, uh, basically optimizing a 2,000 calorie uh, block of plant-based ingredients to have the best amino acid profile as judged by DIA's, um, which was a pretty. F- we can maybe go into that another time. Mm. I might be might be digressing, but. Um, it does mean that in this event with damien we're really able to support his health and well-being in a way that just wouldn't have been possible with a with other product so it's probably a little bit on on rna which we can touch on later on and then or another time why don't we go into um personalized nutrition yeah so something else that we we believe with
1: nutrition is obviously everyone's different and nutrition can affect people in in different ways depending on a a huge amount of factors, right? So, So nutrition isn't one size fits all. And so... Yeah, we, we make a, a product that we really believe in, but applying that product um, can be done in, in different ways, basically. And um, and
0: I think when nutrition is taken as a one-size-fits-all, people just leave so much on the table yeah. in terms of performance and health improvements. That's right. So so
1: someone like Damien, great example, he's going to need completely different nutritional strategy to um, a 60-kilogram um, sprinter, you yeah. know? So that's where this whole idea of, of personalised nutrition um, comes comes in basically and the idea is that if we can understand um, all these factors around you and, and your activity and who you are, what you do, we can basically tailor a nutritional strat- strategy that's a lot more effective for you and so I mean there's a huge amount of um factors that that can influence us from um what activity you actually do how long you do it for um your body composition your your genetics um even your environment all these things can actually affect um what nutrition you need to to function optimally basically
0: and we um it's been a long road getting here for Radix uh it's been 8 years leading up to a point where our technology can begin to be truly applied in a personalized way. So just to recap for everyone, RNA gives us an incredibly sophisticated design capability. And then when we can personalize that with a set of uh, biometric inputs on what a person's, or or when I say biometric, what do we mean? So training data, dietary requirements, any nutritional strategy, um, in the near future, we'll be able to start considering genetic um data food intolerances body composition and of course the end goal of what someone's trying to achieve we can customize product to meet their requirements and so while that for a long time will be something that only uh exists in our in our partners it will be something that we will bring be bringing to market and so for damien we've taken that in a very very considered way but what we'll be doing is uh communicating and teaching people in how they can apply our standard set of products Mm. towards their, their goals Um, through some of the uh, biometric feedback and training data devices that are out there. So um, then that's, that's really been extremely difficult to do in the past. I mean, going back to a former career of mine in, in uh, road cycling. That looks like you're having a nutritionist. That looks like you're having a training plan or a, a, a nutritional strategy that's incredibly hard to hit. And then even when you become very, very clear on what you're trying to achieve, wherever you actually go to perform, you're caught out by your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, no one or very few people get to operate and perform in an environment that is idealized. Um, perhaps... Uh, almost best demonstrated by Damien in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. But we are able to get Damien to a level of dietary quality uh, on par with what we achieved at the Tokyo Games with some of our Olympic athletes. And that, to be clear, is quite a difference from previous approaches where, say, um, people doing those sorts of events, as you said, would go to a, uh, a. They get fixated on the format of product they need, which is free stride. But they failed to distinguish the fact that they're actually just buying camping food and the purpose of that is just designed to be a nice good tasting product with with very very basic nutritional design parameters yeah, for sure. um and so um yeah i've wandered off a little bit but we can perhaps go through how we'll be tracking damien's um vitals so to speak across this event and what we've done there
1: yeah so this idea of um, of personalised nutrition, I mean, there's a number of ways we can we can get this information that, that helps us make nutritional decisions. Um, and for Damien, um, how we're doing that, obviously, him being so far away, he's got very very limited contact with us. So what we've done is uh, he's got a, a watch, a smartwatch. It's a Garmin Fenix Seven X Sapphire Solar. Um, so that watch has what we see is the best sensor, the best battery the best um, weatherproofing, um, the best solar panel, basically the, the ideal watch for him um, so that we can track as many of these metrics that we see important um, as we can. And so what that looks like um, for Damien is we're looking at his, his calories, we're looking at his strokes and his stroke rate, um, which we equate to workload. We're looking at his heart rate, um, his sleep data, his respiratory rate, um, all these different metrics. I mean, it's an incredible watch, right?
0: So, and I think the big one for us is that for Damien, he's in a very difficult environment and communications. Um, And in this instance, we're talking about a data connection. He, he, uh, for a lot of our listeners, they might not be aware, but he has broadband internet via satellite, and that's pretty difficult for him. So, what works for Damien um, would be overkill for, say, an, a your typical athlete that's at home. Yeah, um,
1: I w- mean, you'd get a, a similar sort of response if, if you had someone where. If, if they were, you know, yeah. here and available Tip- to talk to training us, data, they right. could send us a, a training diary instead of yeah. us
0: actually tracking it. So for Damien, um, we had to put quite a lot of thought into getting the most robust set of bi- uh, biometrics platform back through his communication capability. And for us, Garmin um, and their latest range of Fenix 7. Yeah. Fenix 7 did that, although um, I, I think we're probably pushing the design capabilities of that uh, watch rather hard. Um, I don't know how many people will be doing that with their equipment, but it, it should hold up and the, the data we can get back from it is, is pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, and and so I'll, I'll go through um, an example of, of what that looks like and in terms of personalised nutrition. I mean, we're, we're collecting the, those metrics, but what that actually equates to and what that actually means um, is quite interesting. So, for example, I mean, we know he's rowing 15 hours a day and that, that means the intensity can't be ridiculously high, right? And so this changes your nutritional strategy. If you were going for an all-out effort for one minute, say at a 400-meter race, you're going to be using different energy systems to, to Damien, who's just very so slowly. F-
0: fundamentally, we're talking about pacing. Yeah, yeah, and this is
1: just one example, right, of, of something we can look at. So we can look at his stroke rate, we can look at his, his heart rate, and just, we've got a small amount of data, he's only been going about three days um, at the moment, but yeah, an example being his heart rate, Sitting around ninety to a hundred beats per minute while he rows, um, and this is around fifty to sixty percent of his his heart rate max. So when we when we look at that, we know he's um, sort of on the threshold of of what we call zone one or or aerobic. And from that, we can sort of have a pretty good idea of the st- uh, the substrate that he's using when he's when he's rowing. So talking about fats and carbs, um, at that sort of intensity, he's probably looking at around 60% fat utilisation and about 40% carbohydrate utilisation, something in that range. It it won't be exact, but from that, we can sort of make recommendations to him while he's out on the boat um, about what he's eating. I mean, even only using 40% carbohydrates as as an energy he's going to be eating into his glycogen at a rate of probably roughly 50 grams an hour so we really want to look at replacing that because over 15 hours that's 750 grams of of carbohydrates so that's something that we'll take into account for his nutritional strategy and another thing that we have to think about is I talked about weight um, a bit earlier on just the pure weight of the food and how that actually affects his row and so that's another factor i mean this isn't even a physiological one it's a logistical one that we take into account uh for his nutritional strategy i mean fats have twice over twice the amount of energy per gram than than carbohydrates and, and proteins so as much fats as we can fit into his diet just to hit that pure volume of, of calories is um something I, we th- take th- into I think consideration. we possibly
0: missed that earlier on and just to jump back a little bit but um our ultra range has been designed to help someone meet a very, very high calorie expenditure when they're in the middle of a multi-day performance, and it's not so easy to eat a huge volume of food. So, um, it is. This takes me back to the uh, the shots that you can see sometimes the news get hold of. You know, what what does an Olympic swimmer's daily calorie intake look like in food? And you get this comically huge pile of food. Um, fun to look at but not something that's actually achievable um, uh, to be avoided at all costs for someone like Damien, where you start to talk about huge dietary intake in amongst a massive amount of physical activity, a huge amount of continuous stress on the digestive load on the body, all sorts of issues. The ultra range has been designed to minimize the amount of food for a given calorie volume. Uh, and some secondary benefits of that have also been to minimize the amount of water and fuel required for heating which over an event like this makes significant difference to the amount of water that needs to be purified for the purpose of food yeah. uh, knowing that athletes typically prefer to hydrate through drinking as opposed to with food and a massive reduction in gas volume that they need to go through for cooking so um, there's a load of other benefits that we bring out for the ultra range but typically with damien just a massive calorie intake that we- So, yeah, just to back up again on the biometrics. So it gives us the ability to to monitor Damien remotely and to provide feedback to make sure that he's not stressing himself too high, that his pacing's okay, that he's performing in the right zones, that he's within his substrate targets, that his nutritional strategy has been designed for. And then also it gives us the ability to measure stress levels Um, And to provide feedback to Damien to make sure that he's fundamentally not allowing himself to be burnt out or... um Maybe that insidious creep that can come into a multi-day endurance activity or or event when someone is just starting to be pulled outside of the zone at which they're able to continuously perform at. Yeah,
1: Um, all these factors, they they play into one another, right? So nutrition fits with sleep, fits with physical performance, and they're they're all intertwined. So we're not just looking at nutritional factors here. We'll we'll monitor his his stress and his sleep and a whole bunch of
0: things. So So working backwards from their performance, human performance... Nutrition being one of the core pillars, and making sure that we as a as a nutrition partner are able to play our role well and support them in this uh, in this record attempt. Is there anything else to go through on that, Luke, or do we think we wrap up? And
1: something I think that's that's worth mentioning is is this this whole thing of personalised nutrition. It's um, it's something that we can give live feedback to Damien, which we're looking at doing, but we can also use it to to learn and implement um, nutritional strategies in the future. So, collecting all this data, I mean, once we've got 55 days worth, if Damien were to do it again, um, you know, we would we would have such a good idea of exactly what he needs, I mean, down to how many strokes he's doing to get across the Atlantic. Um, so, the more data you, you collect and the longer you do it, the more you learn and the more you go through this process of, of optimising, um, what's great is we can learn from Damien. I mean, this is the first time we're doing this personalized nutrition um, for his Atlantic crossing. But in, this, can, in this way with Damien. Yeah, that's right. So it's the first time we're doing it with him. Um, but we can use it to learn and, and apply that to, if, if someone else comes to us um, yeah. looking to do the same thing, we know roughly what sort of workload you're looking at, what yeah. sort of intensity you're looking at doing. So, so we just keep learning and, and we, we can apply it to to more than just damien right i mean even it doesn't even have to be rowing we can we can do this for any athlete any athlete and and anyone i mean you don't even have to be an athlete um it's really something that applies to to absolutely anyone this this idea of optimizing nutrition based around who you
0: are and what you're doing and we have some pretty exciting things to announce on that i think in the in the coming future but um personalized nutrition has been the the goal from day one it's the future of nutrition it is and um, we're we're pretty excited to be able to turn that that page in our story and start talking about that and Damien is uh, an extreme example and test case of that but something that we can bring to all athletes um, in and outside the athletic arena as you say as well when we start looking at continuous glucose monitors and the everyday uh, the platform that we're building there just gets more and more powerful so Over the course of Damien's event, we'll be doing updates. Um, We're only a few days into his row. It looks to be going well. We're waiting on our our second uh, data upload from Damien. When we have that data, we'll be going through it, and we're looking to um, get that advice back to him and make sure that we're on track, making sure that the strategy that we've worked with him to create uh, is holding up, and then we'll be bringing updates. Um, So please follow us on uh, social media subscribe if you've enjoyed this video please like it it helps and ask any questions in the next video uh, we'll also um, respond to any questions that we've been asked and bring you along for this incredible event Mm. thank you very much Luke awesome no thank you Mike